It's time to go full speed ahead with Michael Kelly. Each week, we take you inside all the big sports stories at USF from the perspective of the man who oversees the program, Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Courtesy of Microsoft Teams and, of course, Michael Kelly. We've got plenty to talk about here on a Tuesday. And if you're listening to this, if it's before a certain event, Tuesday at 9 o'clock, we're going to preview it. Hopefully it was a victorious event if you're listening to us after that. And, of course, would be the men's basketball team, which has been doing a lot of winning of late. Women's basketball on a run as well. Before we get to all of that and track and field, speaking of wins and so many other things that are happening Women's golf getting the spring off to an amazing start. Let's talk about what you were up to last night, Michael Kelly, at a special event. Talk about uh, some big Bulls fans. On Monday, there was a very special luncheon uh, that uh, honored two of our greatest uh, supporters of, of all time here at USF Athletics, and that's uh, Frank and Carol Morsani. As we all know, um, they've been so generous to the Tampa Bay area overall, and that's what was neat about this event. It was an event that was really some of the – some of the organizations that they've probably supported the most that were all together at one event to recognize them and the mayor of Tampa being there to recognize them as it officially being Frank and Carol Morsani Day. But just as an impact, most recently, as we probably remember, they they provide us a $5 million gift to start our stadium fundraising. They've obviously our football team practices at what's known as the Frank Morsani football complex with our fields out there. And as people probably know, one of the coolest things about Mr. Morsani is he uh, he and Leroy Selman kind of almost went door to door from Kiwanis Club to Kiwanis Club, uh, <laughs> uh, helping raise money to start the football program back in the back in the late 90s. And so he's been with us from the very beginning, and, and we sure appreciate him and Carol and, and and all their support. So it was a special day, just special to see the the Moffitt Center, University of Tampa, University of South Florida. Uh, and then obviously the Stras Center itself for the performing arts that uh, that is the Carol Morsani Hall is where many of us have probably seen shows before here in the, in, in the market. So uh, really just two people that have made Tampa Bay a, uh, a better place. And uh, and we're just grateful that they've made USF uh, health and obviously USF athletics a big part of their generosity. It's funny you say that, of course, using the phrase fans, they're fans, but there's so much more as you greatly explain. But just on this, I think it would have been Sunday, I went with my wife and our, our dogs, Franklin and Sherman, let's see, had to drop something off at the school. Uh, we picked them up from Moffitt after they were therapy dogs. And then uh, we ended up on the river walk, which, of course, walking right past the Stras. So anywhere you turn, you're going to see the Morsanis. Yeah, so much impact. Our Basically, our hospital here on campus being the Morsani Health Center, where so many of our athletes and certainly our uh, the whole university community gets gets treatment. Um uh, again, like I said, their 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 foot fingerprints are all over this uh, this town, and and uh, they've made it their own, and we're very grateful for them. So speaking of being all uh, over, in fact, in fact, in fact, I think we might have talked about this before, but in case we didn't, you know, Mr. Morsani watches our game so intently. He's 93 years old. He plays golf two or three times a week. Um, and he watches all of our games intently. He usually texts me sh- shortly after most games, particularly football. Uh, he was so proud when we went to the bowl game and. I remember when we beat, he came to our game against Charlotte uh, when we were able to clinch. Uh, and then he uh, quickly told me when he was leaving the suite that night that he was, uh, he's, he's not missed a, a bowl game before and he wasn't going to miss the Boca Bowl. So he and some of his friends indeed did come to the Boca Bowl as well. So very special. And uh, again, 
thank them enough for their support and hope all of Bulls Nation just realizes the the wh where we are uh, largely in part because of uh, so many donors, but certainly none greater than than Frank and Carol Morsani. Amen to that. And we just talked about being uh, all over the place. Uh, there would have to be uh, four or five Michael Kellys for you to be at all the big events at the same time that it's happening right now. And I know you were specifically with women's basketball before we get into what the men are doing and what a story that continues to be. You got to go on the swing trip with the team and like yours truly and a lot of Bulls fans got to enjoy two wins. Yeah, tremendous week. You know, I, I like to be able to travel at least once with every team if I can. And this was a chance I had in the calendar to go on a swing trip with women's basketball. We went to Memphis and got a, you know, just a great overall performance, performed well there and then continued on to Birmingham and obviously a team that was ahead of us in the standings and had a really, really uh, hard fought, hard fought victory. So, hey, the, the women's basketball staff does an incredible job. The, the whole trip ran like clockwork with the operations team and st staff there and, and, and obviously the coaches and players uh, delivered in, in, in a big way. That UAB game in particular came down to the wire was a, a tough one. But uh, as Jose told the team, uh, if we got those two on that road trip, we'd be right back in it. And I hope Bulls Nation has looked at the standings and realized that, uh, hey, there's a whole bunch of teams really close to us, but we're eight games to go and one game out and uh, we're well positioned for another run. So we need people to come out to uh, our game starting on Wednesday night against Rice, who who got us in a close one at their place. So we need to get that one back and and uh, keep fighting for this regular season championship. Talk about things running like clockwork, that whole staff, Tara, Molly, and that's just a couple of names that go on and on. Uh, I did not expect to also for them and Jose to inform me of a special event in Memphis, of course, at the Peabody Hotel, the Marching of the Ducks. But, hey, they threw that out there as well, and we got to enjoy enjoy a great stay and great fun i had no idea about the ducks and here we are walking up to this famous peabody hotel and michael's like hey there's elvis duck feet i'm like what What are you talking about what's going on <laughs> well that's one of the cool things about our student athletes being able to travel to the cities you get a chance to know a little bit about the traditions and history and to stay at a historic hotel like the peabody and uh for those that don't know look it up online but what Derek's alluding to is they have this unique feature of <laughs> five mallard ducks that that basically live in the in a cool fountain right in the lobby of the hotel yes. at 11 o'clock 11 o'clock every morning they come into their their uh, their fountain and then at five o'clock they retreat up to their uh, penthouse uh, suite at the at, at the hotel so and at 11 and 5 it becomes a whole production that uh, they've got a one of the bellmen or they call the duck master yes uh, uh, gives gives the history of it a few minutes before and then watches the uh, guides the ducks to, to march onto the elevator and proceed to their next destination. So it was uh, cool. Our whole team seemed to take uh, interest in it and we're all there uh, uh, watching it, certainly on that one that one Wednesday night for sure. And it also marked the only hotel where Michael's not the only one that stays in the penthouse. So, I mean, I thought that was cool as well. <laughs> hey, I never stay at the penthouse, I know, I know. Nor, nor should I. He's, he's definitely not kidding about that. So, uh, before we get to the guys, uh, one thing about the women's team, obviously people that follow it know that Romy Levy and Vicky Vlasic have been the leading scorers. I think it's been great to see Romy continue to be a leader on this team. And uh, when they needed her, for sure, they were able to put away Memphis. And then to see what happened in the fourth quarter, Miss Blasic, who was a freshman, uh, now becoming, quote-unquote, the second option, just absolutely visibly want to take over that game after UAB, which was down 14, took a three-point lead. She wanted the ball the next two times down the court and made both buckets. And uh, it was just a clutch performance because that was a team that only lost once at home 
And again, if the Bulls don't win that game, they're, what, three games behind them? Instead, it's it's right there for the taking. And another thing, besides that fact and the, how they won the game, Michael, is when you're having to do some scoreboard watching, some games you're not sure who to root for. So uh, I think it was before the Memphis game, I'm thinking, okay, do we want North Texas to just go ahead and keep winning and beat everybody they play? And, okay, we'll give them first place. No. These guys wanted North Texas to lose to whoever it was because they want to win the regular season championship. Hey, that's the goal. Uh, we, you know, what we want to position ourselves the best we can for the conference tournament and certainly to be in the top four to get a first uh, round by, but to, to win it and get the get the one seed kind of shows, uh, uh, achieves one of the goals of the, of the year at the beginning and, and uh, it's still well within their grasp, but uh, they'll need to keep playing well and play together. And we, we really, as I mentioned before, need our fans to support them. And let's, uh, let's certainly uh, take care of home court as well, starting, starting tomorrow night against Rice. So another group that I've been pretty impressed by, not just on the court. You get to learn more about the individuals on the men's basketball team and, of course, their head coach, Amir Abdurrahim. Uh, thanks to my uh, – I'm privileged to be able to host the, the coaches show, but we also speak to players. Also at media events, we get to talk to players like we did on Monday, all hyping up tonight's big game against Charlotte if you're listening on a Tuesday, and we'll get to that game in a second. But outside of the winning streak – and the performances, Michael. Uh, do you agree that this is just a special group of young men? No doubt. And and one of the things that Coach uh, Abdurrahim mentioned and stressed in his interview, stressed in his press conference when he first came to USF, was that he promised that this would be uh, the most connected team that you can you can imagine. And and that's what I see. Uh, that's really what's you know it, it it's leading to winning winning right now. It's it's promising for winning in the future. But it just shows just a great bond and a great understanding uh, between what he wants delivered on the court, what he wants delivered off the court, and has created an environment where uh, the players have bought in, not only to him and his staff, but to each other. And that uh, as we are at the midway point of the conference season, to be in first place is is great. But what I also love uh, uh, is his focus on, hey, we didn't, that wasn't a goal to be where we are at, at the midpoint. It's yep. to be where we are at the end of the season and still keep the right the right motivation and focus, but, uh, but yeah, they're a special group of young men that are, that are buying in to play unselfishly, uh, for the team. And, and that's been very successful for the last couple of weeks. So it's been really, really good. Since we last had the show, of course, they were headed on the road talk about a swing trip to try and win two games. And that's the part of the schedule where you look at it and maybe you want to circle FAU and you know, even UAB other teams, but, uh, you don't gloss over a stretch at East Carolina at North Texas, but you think, okay, maybe at the beginning of the season, okay, maybe split those, and certainly neither are going to be an easy game, and they weren't. Uh, even though the Bulls jumped ahead of East Carolina 11 to nothing, they made it close a couple times. Bulls hadn't answered. Then North Texas, uh, kind of one of the best defensive teams in the country, I think fourth as far as points allowed. You knew it was going to have to be a low-scoring game, and yet not the prettiest game. They showed so much toughness in addition to making some key shots. To win those two games on the road, that's nothing that can be taken for granted. Nah, not at all. And, and winning on the road in, in, in any league in college basketball is so critical. And to uh, now have a winning record on the road right now is 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 a real testament to, to the team. And to your point, you know, ECU has proven to be a tough place to win on the road over the years. And, and North Texas, I mean, this is a team that while it's new to us, it was the first time we've ever played them in men's basketball. You know, they went all the way to the NIT finals last year, so we know they're very formidable 
And prior to coming into that week, uh, they had won 17 straight games at home. So we know the Super Pit is a hard place to play, but to go ahead and, and eke one out in a, in a tough environment was a, an, a, another great step forward to showcase uh, Bulls basketball. And now we're just so thrilled yes. to have a, a game tonight, uh, you know, to be on national TV, nine o'clock um, against another team that's eight and one and, and probably very similar to us. They're playing extremely well together, play great defense. So it'll be a real battle tonight and excited about the crowd and the opportunity. I know sometimes people talk about nine o'clock. Uh, we don't play at nine o'clock often, nope. um, but you know what? You don't get asked to play on national TV at nine o'clock unless, uh, unless uh, you've got promise. And this is a showcase opportunity for our university and for our program. And, uh, we're excited about the about being able to uh, to perform in front of that environment. It is going to be something. And again, like you said, coach is not saying hey, our goal is to be in first place at this part of the season. But it's still cool to look at Joe Lenardi on ESPN who, every time he puts out a new uh, mock bracket. I think it's Tuesdays and Fridays, whatever, twice a week. Uh, their their approach is they don't project the conference winner. Whoever's in first place is their automatic qualifier. And he actually specifically puts today, the winner of this game will be an AQ. And, of course, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't stick. <laughs> you have to keep on winning. But it's pretty cool to see, I'd say. It's nice to be in that conversation right there. And, and, uh -huh. and similar to how Coach, uh, Coach Golish talked in the fall about playing meaningful games in November, uh, to be playing meaningful games uh, as it relates to championships and postseason in, in February is, is a big step forward for us. So we're... Uh, you know, things are going really, really well for, for men's and women's basketball. It was a great week. It is. Uh, a couple more sports that we definitely want to talk about, especially ones that are beginning this week and ones that's, one that's already begun. It's been underway for a couple weeks, and that is indoor track and field. And I should never be jaded by, oh, yeah, another school record. But it seems like it's happening every five seconds with this group. It's unreal. <laughs> it's been hard to keep up with for, for, for just being even on the road and getting little uh, emails or texts from the coaching staff or seeing things pop up on our social media platforms. It's been been tremendous. And so to start off the indoor season like this is is just extraordinary. We, we all have talked a lot about um, – Coach Eric Jenkins and his staff over these past four years to be able to build it to what they have and, and to see the promise the way this season's starting off is really, really encouraging. So uh, I know this is the indoor season. We're going to keep uh, performing there. But uh, as you mentioned, the season, it's one thing to you never know for sure what your competition is against. So when you win, when you place in certain events, you never really know what that means. But what's been cool about this is like it it hasn't and it, we've been running against good competition. So that's already good in and of itself. But to see that we're talking program records, the history of USF uh, in these events, uh, some records being really close to like world records uh, is just really uh, prideful. I, I think I, I can sense people. And our alums seeing that on social media and kind of getting a feel like, wow, this, this, this program, we know we had a, a dual national champion last year uh, and now seeing uh, seeing people compete at the highest level. So I know it's their goal to compete, to, 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 to try to get that conference championship. Uh, it's been a long time goal for, for this program and looks like we're, we're at least certainly heading that direction to be highly competitive and with that being the goal for this year. And since it's, it's indoor track and field season, if you're wondering when can I see them, you have to wait until the outdoor season. But uh, that is actually here before you know it. In the middle of March is when they'll have their first event. The season actually begins for softball on Thursday. I had a chance to talk to Ken Erickson for the uh, Coaches Show Bullseye, and he is fired up for his group. And just go ahead and um, 
mark it down, you can go uh, turn around any day pretty much in the next month and a half and watch a softball game. 27 in a row to start things off at home. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and Canna, as we know, is a very measured and determined coach. We know the kind of success of having over a thousand wins, coaching Olympic uh, Olympic teams or, or, you know, success is well documented. But you can tell uh, talking to him and you captured it on, on Bullseye that uh, – that he's he's genuinely excited about this the prospect for this this team. So uh, we've got a lot of great tests here earlier in the year. You're gonna have a great chance to come out and watch them. And as I've stressed before, um, folks, for ninety nine dollars, you can get a double play pass that gets you a season ticket for all the softball action and all the baseball action. Simply the best value in Tampa Bay sports. Go out there and get that, and then when you can feel free. You don't even have to worry about stopping at the ticket window when you get that secured. You, you'll be you'll be all set for all these nonstop games coming up. But yeah, we're excited about the various tournaments and opportunities coming up for uh, our softball team and get 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 rolling here starting on Thursday. And remember, it's not just the Bulls. Thursday is kind of held for them a doubleheader with. Illinois State at 4, Bethune-Cookman at 6.30. Actually, those two teams will play each other to start things off. Then you add in Michigan and Oregon State and Florida on Friday. So you've got wall-to-wall action Friday. Gators' first game is Friday night. Then they'll be there for two. I think people will be watching that Florida-Michigan game at 2 o'clock on Saturday. And they play two more on Sunday. So the Gators are swinging into town for five games. And that's the beauty of an event like this. You're not just going to have a bunch of Bulls softball fans there, but a bunch of softball fans that will be packed. The Super Bowl Sunday, like you said, we got <laughs> the Gators. Right. and go, go go catch us play the Gators in softball and then settle in to watch the Super Bowl. So uh, good good days coming up. So that is a 2.30 start. So absolutely. Uh, post-game autographs. Kids run the bases after that game on Sunday. But again, things begin on Thursday. Now, tennis is underway. Uh, both teams picked up a victory over the weekend, and we'll get more into them as we go along. Plenty of chances to see the men's team as they are home for a ton, actually, the women as well. And finally, more winning to tell you about as women's golf started off the spring with a big-time victory. This team is amazing. Last year, just to catch everybody up, for the first time in more than a decade, the women's golf team made it to the NCAA tournament. But they had to sit and hope to see their name pop up on the selection show because they were right on the bubble. And then they were right near advancing to the championships. You have to finish top five in the regionals. They were right there until the last few holes. So the golf season is split into the fall and the spring. It was a sensational fall for Erica Brandon and the team winning their first event in Wisconsin. Then fourth out of 10 in a loaded tournament in Toledo, second place in Oklahoma, and third place. And they saw their ranking shoot up into the top 30. So how do they start off the spring? Today, Michael, neck and neck with Denver. Those two teams separated themselves from the field. I'll give you more details in a second. But first, I want to get your thoughts on the Bulls coming out on top. We've talked a lot about the promise of the team uh, after the great fall they had and the just a you know tough decisions on even deciding who who are the top five to play for coach coach Brennan, but to go down to FAU, uh, play in a great tournament uh, down in Boca like that, and to come out on top with a great field is just a uh, so encouraging. I know the ladies were uh, confident and excited about heading into the spring portion of the season. What a great way to start it off. And better yet, the first individual victory for Melanie Green. You want to talk about drama? This was on Tuesday afternoon. The Bulls had a three-shot lead coming into the last round. They played 36 holes on Monday. Then it became clear that it was going to be between them and Denver because at one point, 
today, as we're taping the show on a Tuesday, both the Bulls and the Pioneers were 12 under par, and the closest to them was one over with Vanderbilt. The Bulls ended up dropping shots, but Denver dropped a lot more as the Bulls finished seven under par, two over on their final round, which tied third place Vanderbilt for best round of the day. So the back nine especially was very difficult at the Osprey Point Golf Club in Boca Raton. But coming into the actual last green, the Bulls' Melanie Green was tied with Denver's top individual, Anna Zanuso. And by the way, Denver is a four-time defending champion of its conference, the Summit Conference. So technically, if Zanuso birdies the final hole and Green bogeys, the teams end up tied and Zanuso wins the individual. Oh yeah, Green and Zanuso were tied going into the last hole and here they come to approach the final green. Green, Melanie that is, of the Bulls, birdies it. Zanuso bogeys it, so MG is your individual champion, six under par for the tournament, and the Bulls end up winning by five shots. Not only was it a drop-off of under par to Vanderbilt at one over par, after Vandy, three teams tied for fourth, all Big Ten teams, by the way, Indiana, Rutgers, and Wisconsin at 12 over par. So this really was an incredible showing by the Bulls. Of the 13 teams, 10 are in the top 100. Vanderbilt was the one that was ranked ahead of the Bulls. Well, that won't be the case anymore. Also, shout out to Leo Medeiros, who you had on as a special guest two programs ago. She actually, for a minute, was tied with Green and Zanuso for the lead before four bogeys on the back nine. But she and, and this was crucially important, Alize Vidal, the grad student from France in her second year with the Bulls, she shot up 15 spots with her two-under round on Tuesday, ended up tying Medeiros for sixth place. Again, that is individually. If you look at it on the back nine, Tuesday the Bulls had five birdies and 10 bogeys. Denver, just three birdies and 12 bogeys. So eight birdies total on the back nine between the two teams that were competing for the championship. And Vidal herself had three of them. What a great round and what a great start for women's golf. So add that to the list, Michael, of sports to watch with basketball, both competing for a championship. Both could technically be in first place by the end of the week. Of course, by the end of the day when it comes to men's basketball. Baseball and softball starting track and field doing all sorts of great stuff. Tennis and, yeah, throw golf in there. Sometimes I don't know how I do it from a broadcasting angle. I really don't know how you do it, but I know you enjoy it. It never stops. Uh, it's a it's a labor of love, and I know our Bulls Nation's awfully excited about the momentum we've got going. So let's keep uh, keep spreading the good news. Let's buy our tickets. Let's uh, support the Bulls Club, and of course, look for ways to support uh, our student athletes through their NIL efforts. But uh, thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week, and go Bulls!